The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Stay focused. Pandemic or no pandemic. Let's, Let's hear it again, again for your winner, Alistair Overeem, everyone. Once I commit, I know I have the power to put anyone to sleep. Brian and Keller, ladies and gentlemen. Under the chin. I just knew once it hit the mat that I was going to be able to finish her. Mallory Martin, everyone. Please tell me that's on video. I've never been happier. I'm made for a fucking podcast. That's <laughs> dangerous. Listen to me, we're at it. Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Um, good episode. I hated that I missed uh, the great Dustin Poirier. Uh, we have a good show today, Matt. Um, very busy. We have Brian Kelleher. Um, we also have Mallory Martin. Yes. And making his return to the show is Alistair Overeem, um, who I always enjoy talking to, even though he wouldn't recognize me if I bumped into him in an airport. Depending on which side you bumped into him, you'd probably dump into him either his ass or his crotch. So, I mean, I think he'd fucking might take offense. <laughs> Jimmy, listen. Oh, um, <laughs> oh, I'm just saying you're on my. You're a little taller than me. I know, not Jimmy, much. and he's yes, a, a large gentleman. He's a big guy. Uh, Man, we've we've had him in once, right? Yeah. Oh no, we, he knows us. I'm gonna tell you, he knows us. No, no, no. But obviously, okay. he's been in studio like to be physically 100%, next to him. He's a big 100%, guy. You know, and you and Mallory Morton. I mean, that's one of the greatest yeah. comebacks in a fight in a recent in recent memory. Incredible. In recent history or recent memory? Either one. Either one is fine. That Either is one good. Works. Yeah. Yeah. I should be more confident when I say shit like that. Yeah, I know. We all Jimmy, do. I had a crazy morning, Jimmy. You know what wow. I did? What? I had to go. It's so, dude, it sounds disgusting. I got, uh, I had to go get both behind my knees. I had things called Baker assists because you know my knees are fine. I remember you've, you've had those problems. Yeah, yeah, man. So I had to go get them drained and it was like a lot of liquid. Yeah. So it's kind of like, it was, you know, it's kind of gross, but it's kind of relieving, you know? But you've had that issue for a while. Didn't you get surgery on that or not yet? Yeah. No, I had a couple of things with my knees, man. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's so weird, man. Cause I'm walking really jacked up, you know, cause I got such bad arthritis in my knees. So a lot of wear yeah. and tear from, sure. you know, becoming a champion. And getting sure. Me. My knees are in bad shape for other reasons, but I mean, yours are for at least uh good reasons that your knees are messed up. You know, well, that, could be, that could be a good reason at the no. time. No. Well, actually, actually, wait a minute. That's like, that's, that's, no, I take it back. You're a fucking deviant. I had a great time injuring mine, though. 
And I did get in the face a few times. <laughs> oh, come on, man. Hello, Mallory Moore. How are you? How Welcome. are you? Nice to meet you. I'm good. How are you guys? Good. Are you in Denver now? You back home? Yeah. Congrats on yeah, a congrats. fantastic fight. Thank you. Thank you. We were just talking about it. And uh, I actually texted my producers right after the fight. I go, get, I go, get Mallory on our show. I want to talk to her. That was one of the greatest comebacks in, in recent uh, memory. It was so yeah. good. Right? I mean, uh, just really quick, being in there, getting – with that, the shot that landed, a lot, it's always the shots that, don't, that you don't see that hurt you. So I'm assuming you didn't see it. I did not see it. Um, like, even looking back, I don't know what I did. I, like, slightly turned my head, and I, like, didn't see it coming. And when it came, my head was already turned, and – it landed like super clean. I didn't know, like I didn't see the punch coming and like I landed on the ground and was like, Oh shit. Okay. Yeah. Let's, let's keep going. You know, I'm still in it. Yeah. And it was, and I'll tell you, you were still in it, but it was so watching from the outside. It was just so scary. Cause it was so scary in a sense where it just, the referee too would take a half a step to see like, Oh, is that shocking a land for me to step in? So that's making you nervous. Or making me nervous. I was like, oh, is this going to be yeah. over? It's one of those. Yeah. The punches, she was going for the kill. The yeah. punches, you saw the wind. You probably felt the wind going by your head. And it was like, is that one punch going to land that's going to be the one that's going to finish? And the fact that yeah. you got through that is really something. Yeah, man. There was like a moment, I think like I fell against the cage kind of. And I was like, I felt like I just kind of like stopped not stop, mm -hmm. but like in my mind, I was like, this ain't happening to me. Like, this is not how I'm going down. You know, like I, this ain't me, this ain't happening. And then I kind of just was like, keep fighting, keep fighting, keep fighting, you know? And I think uh, I like watched it back and there was times where I was like, Ooh, you know, he could have easily stopped it, but I felt like I was doing enough. Uh, I was doing enough and I was kind of smart, like fighting smart back that he felt like it was okay. How hurt were you? Um, I don't know. I feel like when I landed on the ground, I felt fine when I like, it looked like I was out when I landed. But after that, I was fine. I stood up and I, my feet were still a little wobbly. But other than that, like the second round, once I sat on the stool, I was completely fine. Oh. Yeah, a lot, a lot of credit to the referee for yeah. giving you that time, you know? But I have to give credit to your corner man. Who was talking mm -hmm. to you between rounds? Peter. Peter. Straub. Straub. I don't know how to say it. Oh, I like it, Mallory. Not only are you my height, but you mess up names like me. That's how you look at me. I'm Mallory know. Martin. I'm <laughs> screwed up too. Uh, so Peter, do you work with him a lot, Peter? Yeah. Yeah. He's my like he main head coach. Okay. Because I'll tell you, he did a fantastic job. I was trying to yeah. get his name. For my yeah. producer, that's another thing I, I give. I ask my producers for his. Oh, who should train with? I want to get the corner guy. They go, he's at a team at elevation, but I, that's all I didn't get his name. So uh, I want to yeah, give the guy Peter. props. Um, the thing is, so my other coach, my striking coach, Sean Madden, he had the mic on, and he okay. was supposed to come in the cage, mm. and they he made like a split decision. He would he told Peter he's like, hey, you guys have a better connection. Get in there. She's gonna listen to you. Oh, who said right. that? He, now? My uh, striking coach, Sean Madden. That's very. He was supposed to, he was like supposed to come in the cage. 
and they made like a split decision. He was like, you know what? She has a, you guys have a better connection. You get in there. She's going to listen to you. Uh, and then Peter came in and like, I didn't know about this till after the fight, they were telling me about it. And I was like, wow, that's really cool that like, they have like a good, uh, a good like connection, coaching connection that they can like make this, uh, decisions on the fly, you know, in like a very critical situation. What did that he say to you? A lot. Yeah. It does say a lot. What did he say to you that really helped? Um, he said, well, I like sat down and was like, oh, wow. Like, did I get dropped kind of, you know? And then, um, he was like, yeah, it doesn't matter though. We're, this is the second round. Let's focus. You're going to go in there, take her, like put her to the cage, take her down and submit her. He was like, stop messing around Mallory. He's like, stop messing around, like go in there and get the job done. You know, like, and I was like, okay. He made it very clear. All right, listen, don't even trade with her, put her against the cage, put her down. And then. And then, you know, submit her. So it's like he had her a clear focus, gave her a clear focus on what to do. And then she did just that. Just that, So yeah. I like that was really something. You know what I mean? She smushed her against the cage. And it was the same. It was it was a very uh, double underhooks, hooking the leg. I've seen you use that before in the uh, Contender Series. Yeah, that's like my number one takedown that I, if you watch any of my fights, I, I'm getting that, you know. Yeah. And I knew it would work on her because I'm taller. And especially once I got the double underhooks, I was going to be able to lift her up with my head pressure. And then the tripping out the leg would have been effortless, you know, and it was. Now, when you say lift up with the head pressure, what do you mean by that? How do you, how do, you do that? Um, I, I just, I'm driving my head in and just trying to get them on their tippy toes. Oh, using your head to help lift Yeah, them. using my head. And I'm <clears throat> using my double underhooks to get their shoulders flat on the cage so that when I do trip out the leg, it's just... They're just, they only have that one post. And so I'm just taking out the other leg. Oh, okay. Jimmy, if we ever get her in studio, people are allowed to get near each other again. Like we have people like demonstrate submissions. I would love to see her put you against the wall and just use her head to lift you up. Yeah. Yeah. That's, well, how tall are you? Awesome. <laughs> Five, four. Okay. Yeah. I'm a little bit taller, but uh, I'm sure you're much <laughs> more skilled um, and would have no issue putting me on my back and, and throwing me around. I'm very, I'm not, I'm not a particularly good jujitsu fighter. I've taken <laughs> zero lessons. I've never trained. <laughs> You're a Muay Thai fighter now, Jimmy. Uh, that a great well, Jimmy Rivera. Well, you took some lessons, a handful. <laughs> Mallory, for the people like just listening, uh, you know, what, what was the first martial art you got into and, and how old were you? Uh, I started when I was 18. I was still in high school and I uh, was doing like volleyball track soccer and uh, I just seen like the UFC on the TV with my dad and I was like, man, I want to do that. And he was like, all right, well, if you find the gym and you do it all yourself, you know, I'll support you. And so I did. And I started training, um, like jujitsu, Muay Thai and wrestling all at the same time. So I would like still be competing in like my school, uh, activities like basketball. So I would do basketball after, uh, school. And then I would just you know, leave basketball practice and go to the gym and do my training at six. Like my first jiu-jitsu class or my wrestling or Muay Thai. And is, is there anything that you like gravitated more to? The striking, the grappling, the jiu-jitsu, the wrestling? The Yeah, I think when I first started, I, I took on wrestling just like super easy. It was like very natural to me. And then um, uh, I started like really loving Muay Thai a lot. We had a like a a guy from Thailand who was our coach, Sokman Cole. I don't know if you guys know him. No. But, um, he coached us and he like made me fall in love with Muay Thai. And then uh, as time went, I like fell in love and uh, with jujitsu, you know? So it kind of like 
it all changed uh, as I kept training, but I, I love it all. I like how you got Sockman Cole's name down, Pat, and then Fred Smith. Fred, I'm only kidding. What's Fred's name again? What? <laughs> what is the what was the guy in your corner's name? Fred, uh, right? Peter. No, oh. Peter. <laughs> you, Matt, you're not, you're not even close. None of none of those letters Fred? were right. <laughs> <laughs> Mallory, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No worries. It no was worries. Peter Straub. Straub. Okay. Straub. No, because I was impressed that you knew the other name so quick. But that's yeah. great. I'm, I'm just, it's me. I, it's not you, it's me. I'm horrible with names. But uh, so wait, <laughs> now when you, where was this that you started your training at? Where, 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 Zingano's. Where? Zingano's BJJ. Oh, what, what, a state? Um, oh, Colorado, yeah. All, oh, in Colorado. Colorado. Okay. So, and, and then you moved up to, how did you get with Team Elevation? Is that where you are um, then? Yeah, so I... Uh, the, the gym that I was training at Zingano's, they don't have like any really fighters there besides like okay. me and maybe a couple other fighters. Okay. And so I, they don't have any girls either for me to train with. So I yeah. was going to, uh, I was going to like factory X before to just spar their girls. Okay. And then I had uh knee surgery. And then after knee surgery, I started working with, uh, like Lando's performance and one of their coaches trains at uh, Easton's, which is like kind of out of uh, elevation. But and I also uh, was friends with Sean Madden, the striking coach. Um, and so I just hit him up and was like, "Hey, I'm looking to get back to sparring, you know, for from my knee surgery, whatever." Uh, and he was like, "Yeah, come in, you know, whatever." And I was just doing my like sparring there. But this camp, I did my whole camp there, and it was amazing. And what? Can you? How did the fight come about with uh, with Hannah? Was that was that uh, normal, or, or or what? What was the uh, the process of making that fight happen? Um, I was actually supposed to fight in um, July, so I got a I got the fight. I think like end of May, and I was supposed to fight in July. And then I had like I've had like I think it was like three other opponents before I got Hannah. Um, and then they pushed my fight back to August, which I was fine with just extra more time. And I didn't have to go to fight Island, which I was completely fine with, you know, not having to travel overseas. Um, and so I, I was supposed to actually fight Hannah Goldie and then I guess she hurt her shoulder or something like that. So she pulled out and they, uh, asked Hannah Cyphers to fight and she took the fight. And so I had that fight scheduled for the past like six weeks. And you obviously got, you know, emotional afterwards. And it was nice to see, you know, uh, it, the fight meant a lot to you, obviously. Um, I, are you still feeling good afterwards? Because sometimes an adrenaline dump changes the day after. How, how, like, how are you feeling now that a few days has passed? Yeah, I'm fine. You know, uh, I was just struggling mentally with my outside life that I was yeah. going through stuff. Um, and it was more in the beginning of camp that it was the, like the toughest but as I got through camp, uh, I just kind of got, like, I got help and uh, made better decisions for myself, I guess you would say. Um, and I was in a very good headspace and mentality going into the fight. And, you know, win or loss, it doesn't matter. I, I, uh, I'm still healthy. I'm still fine. And it wouldn't have changed uh, myself, you know. Having the fight to focus on helped a lot. Just having that, yeah, that healthy just thing. Just having to do. that. Uh, I mean, during this time, like right now, it's tough to get into, or it's tough to get out of like a slump, you know? So I think just having that fight and 
having something to look forward to and uh, prepare for and keep my mind off of everything else in my life was very important to me. Are you bad at, like, I'm typically, uh, you know, I mean, I FaceTime with my therapist once a week in my car. I'm very bad at, like, at, at not thinking of things. Like, are you, are you good at turning your mind off when it gets really crazy or is, is it hard for you to turn that off? For me, it's very difficult to turn it off. Um, in the beginning, like, yeah, like I started seeing a therapist too, you know, uh, and she's taught me a lot. And I think in the beginning I was having, that's what I was like really struggling with. And she just taught me things to do or ways to, uh, like cope with it or handle it, which helped me a lot. So I feel like now I'm, I'm more of like living in the moment and not really focusing on like the past or the future. Plus, when you're training too, you're doing something so physical and dangerous. It's probably easier to stay in the moment because you have to. You have to focus on what's happening uh, when you're in camp or when you're in a fight. Uh, you, you can't let your mind wander. You know, if I'm sitting around the apartment, my mind kind of goes. But I imagine, you know, if somebody's trying to strangle you, uh, you have to pretty much stay in the moment. You can't drift. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's that was like a main key for that fight was just being in that moment. You know. Yeah. So what's next for you? I mean, uh, do you have anybody that you uh, are looking at or have they pitched any names to you? Yeah, I think I'm going to try. I don't think I wanted to fight on the Halloween card, but I don't think that's going to whatever. But I think it'll be end of November and I'll probably fight Pollyanna. Okay. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. We were actually matched up in May. Um, I was supposed to fight her in May and then, you know, the coronavirus hit and the lockdown and all the fights got canceled. So, uh, and then they just rescheduled her with the Emily fight. Uh, but I, I know she like kind of called me out after her win. So I was like, all right, let's go. You know, I'm ready. Oh, you both and, had great fights. Yeah. So yeah. it does make sense. After she took out Spitfire Whitmire. Emily mm-hmm. Sorry, I just like saying the nickname. But she is a little <laughs> Spitfire. But that, I'll tell you, you both had great performances. She called you out after the fight, correct? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. That'd be a fantastic fight. Well, listen, it's, uh, it's good finally getting you on, and uh, you have a really impressive win, and uh, I'm happy things are good for you, and I'm, I'm sure Matt is too, and uh, we really would lo- love to see that Pollyanna fight, so hopefully that will happen uh, in November. Yeah, I'm excited. All right, well, it's good talking to you, Mallory. Thanks for coming on. Take care. You too, bye. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also, 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Let me tell you something, Jimmy. The um, what she said that was very big. If you caught that about the coaches, 
a lot of coaches are there for the – not a lot of coaches, I shouldn't say that. But there could be some coaches there just to get some face time. Like, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? So, in other words, if it's a fight where – like, not a lot of – if you, you should be there for your fighter. Like, in other words, right. if something's going on with uh, – let's say it's with Rage and Al. Like, usually Longo's going in if only one guy can go in. But let's say something's happening on the floor the whole time. Longo will tell me to go in. Like, you know what I'm saying? He'll be like, yo, you go in. This, this, it's taking place mostly on the floor. You benefit more, most likely, from you, you know? Yes. And vice versa. If it's a guy, it's, it's most likely on the feet. Longo's going in usually. So it's, it, for them, for her to say that, you know, the one coach that was mic'd up that was supposed to go in. Right, did you go know in. what? She, he's gonna, you have a better connection. You're going to benefit better with, her, with you going in there. Peter. Schraub. Peter Schraub? Peter S. Peter. <laughs> I, don't know why I don't know why it's funny to me, but it is. But, uh, you know, Peter went in there and they had a great connection. And I'll tell you, she, she definitely was a little soldier. She listened to orders. Jimmy, can I tell you uh, about my day yesterday real quick? Sure. So this is the deal. We go to the, uh, me and the wife and kids, we go out east to Riverhead to the aquarium. Oh, that's nice. That's yeah, an hour trip. But my school's in between, right? So um, I want to stop, I had to stop by there and handle some business. It's not open, but I have to handle some business. I had to do that after. So we drop the car off. We all jump in my wife's car. We go out there. I fall asleep on the way out there. My wife's driving, right? So I wake up. I got to take a leak, Jimmy. Right. You understand? Yeah. And when we park, we have to, all of a sudden, now you can't park right up at the place. You got to park down the block over the freaking train tracks. So now we're walking. And you know I can't walk. You know my knees are shot. Jimmy shot. So I'm walking. I go, look, I ain't fucking making it. I'm Jimmy. I'm not making it. And I'm not, I don't want to act like an old man, old man bladder and shit. I'm not. Look at me for a second, Jimmy. I'm, I'm not making it. I not, know. I not know. I'm making it. I want my wife and my kids. What am I going <sighs> to wet myself? How far are you? Yeah. It was too far. And when you see there, there's a line in the line. It's like one of those, it's, even if it's six people, it's all uh, six feet apart. And it's, I go, oh, I'm not getting in right away. I'm not getting to the, what am I going to go? Excuse me, everybody. I get to a bathroom. So I go, look, I go, honey, I go, I ain't making it. I go, take the kids. I, she knew it too. She didn't fight me on it. Go ahead, go. She knew. I'm right now. There's no one, dude, I'm on like a major, like, like, like a turnpike. You know what I mean? The way we have to cross over. She's waiting to cross to go to the, uh, the auditorium. So I'm fucking, and I can't run. So I'm like skipping. I'm <laughs> running a skip. I'm running a uh, walk, walk, skip. And because I do, I'm about, I'm about to, it's, I'm going, man. I'm about to go. So I, I run, there's like a post office and I go and it's like bushes, but there's still like some people around. So I go into the bushes, like a fucking animal. <laughs> <laughs> I go into the bushes and it's like the big green, like tight together bushes. Like they're all, everything's close. It's not like big, it's not like spread apart or anything. So I mush myself in. Bees start flying up into my new oh. Jimmy, and, and I got my I got my thing out, you know, and I'm I'm, I'm relieving. I'm they probably to, thought it was a tiny flower. To, <laughs> Jimmy, 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 I'm trying to relieve, and I don't want to get graphic, but it was such a I was holding it so long, I was afraid that it might just be a total accident. All. Please tell me you got stung on the helmet. Did you get stung on the helmet, <laughs> Jimmy? I'm making sure I don't have a total accident. I'm, I'm, so I'm like, I'm trying to let it come out. Like in like, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. it has to, it doesn't come out right away when you're holding it for a long time. You no, I know. I know your body's cautious and bees are in my face saying, dude, 
you're, you're, I, I can sense what, and I'm not going, listen, I was prepared to get yeah. stung. Not on yeah. my, my cock. Be your face. But I was, I got to slow my voice. My kids might be doing their version. Was there more than one B? But listen to me. I might, what's that? Was there more than one B? Oh, Jimmy, there was like fucking six. No, dude, it was, <laughs> there must have been a hive in there. Yeah. I did not get stung, by the way. Just to yeah. let you know, to make you rest assured. They probably couldn't believe you were doing it. The bees were probably looking at each other like, does this guy have his dick Jimmy. out over our house? Yeah, and Jimmy, when I went through the bushes, <laughs> when I went through the bushes, there was cars parked on the other side. I go, God forbid there's somebody here. Because I'm going either way. Yeah. I'm either going in my pants, making a fool, like a, a mess. Sure. Or, uh, it'd be pathetic. And then my, everybody would, it would be embarrassing. And I don't know what I would do. Uh, or else I'm I'm continuing to go, but there was nobody in those cars, and the bees they did not sting me, but they were all up in my fucking grill. Like, dude, I cannot believe it. exactly, Jimmy. Yeah, they were up and they were like hovering. It was bad, Jimmy. I thought I was, they were all just going to say it. I think they knew though. Maybe they're smarter than we think. Maybe yeah, they and saw plus me the like, liquid. They're no, they're dopes. They probably thought it was raining. They're like, wow, look at that <laughs> ugly cloud. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jimmy. Hey, Brian. Um, where are you now, bro? I'm in the hotel. Uh, we had to do that quarantine for a little bit, and now I'm I'm kind of free for today and and tomorrow. Now, is it, this is oh, this is oh, you know you for uh stamen with without the crowd. So you you so you got used to that already. Yeah, yeah. I, I've already had like uh, two fights without the crowd. I, oh, I fought, shoot. Uh, Hunter Azure and then Stamen. Yeah, and you, and you had Stamen in a very very emotional time for him. Um, it was just still, it was a great fight, but I mean, that was a really, uh, that was a, a, a very tough time for him. Yeah, that was rough, man. I, I felt for the guy, you know, and, uh, you know, crazy circumstances real close to the fight. And then, uh, I just, you know, had to really try to tune all that out. But at the same time, you're a human being sure. and you, you know, you're feeling for somebody. So it was rough. Well, we're talking to Alistair Overeem after, and, and, and he had to do it with Walt Harris, you know, after the, the tragedy Walt suffered. And I know that you guys, you have to fight. I mean, because the guy's trying to hurt you. But you're right. There is that human element, right? Where there's that little thing like, fuck, I know this guy's having a really rough go. Yeah, it's like once you get in there, you're going to fight either way. But like in the back of your mind beforehand, you're almost like, I kind of want this guy to beat me. I want him to win and be happy. <laughs> but but you're like, no, no, I don't. I, I got I got to beat this guy, man. You know, I got to get my two paychecks. It probably changes the first the first punch that lands. It probably changes immediately. And you're like, all right, I got to I got to do this. Yeah, as soon as the fight started, I had no idea what had happened. You know, you got the adrenaline, you're focused, you're dialed in. I mean, I tried to win the fight. You know, he uh, he did a good job. He outpointed me and, and got the job done. I was talking to Cody Steeman on the uh, on the flight back from um, uh, our Fight Island, right? I was next to him. Yeah. And that's when he, uh, he, he lost the decision to Jimmy Rivera. You yeah, know? yeah. And he was saying that uh, he probably shouldn't have took that fight too soon, like right after his fight with you. You know, but you're feeling that you like just keeping busy and it's, it's working for you. Yeah, I like it because I feel like for me, like momentum, you know, just like being used to those vibes, the feeling of getting in the cage, the no fans, it's only going to be better to do it more frequently for me. It, it makes it a little more comfortable and, I, and I'm at ease. I'm like, I just did this, you know, I don't get get out of the gym or get out of shape really and the ufc is allowing me to do it at 145 i don't i don't even have to cut you know the amount of weight that i usually would so it's like a win-win for me oh this fight's heavier i didn't even realize that yeah yeah my last three fights were 145 oh shoot man how you feel and you're so you're doing what you're doing you're doing well at that weight how do you feel 
I feel great, man. Honestly, like I, I don't like weight cuts. I feel like we perform better and healthier without these drastic weight cuts. So I've been like, I've been feeling my power in there and my energy's been up and uh, I really enjoy it. The only thing I'm worried about is going back down to 135 after getting used to this. You know, that's, that's the only thing. Well, then why would you? Why don't you just yeah. say that? Well, because technically size-wise frame-wise i probably yeah. won't fit into the 145 weight class you know what i mean like those yeah. guys are really big it'd be rough with the reach and everything like i'm fighting bantam weights at 145 so it's kind of yeah. like a fair fight without a big weight cut and you were supposed to fight ricky simone is that correct yeah correct and what yeah. and what happened Corman. then yeah yeah. Cornerman got a uh, COVID, I believe, and oh. they pulled the fight. And I was kind of confused because I, I figured, you know, you can work around that. But I guess because maybe he was around the cornerman, they don't want to take any risks. And I thought, you know, maybe push the fight back a couple of weeks. A lot of people were excited about that fight, including me. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll meet after this one. But uh, I'm happy to get in and, 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 you know, get experience and get paid. And, and you know, I'm 34 now, so I don't really want to – take time off if I can fight and I prepared to fight, like I'm going to fight whoever. And it seems like a lot of fights, like, like you're talking about, like a lot of fights are getting canceled just because somebody tests positive. And again, it doesn't even have to be the fighter. So there's all these crazy matchups and guys taking fights on short notice. And it's like, if guys are ready, you can probably get more fights in than you'd normally be able to. Oh yeah. This is my fourth this year in total. And I'm looking for five, to be honest. And usually it's like three. So, you know, I'm ahead of the, the curve with that. And like you said, the opportunities, like you never know what, what could happen. You know, I got that statement fight. Had I won that fight, you know, I could have got a, a top five guy next. You just never know with the, uh, with the guys falling out. And, and if you're willing to step up on short notice, you can, you make things happen faster than usual. So I'm all about that, especially with my age and stuff. I don't want to wait and, and, and let time pass. I just feel like, you know, time's not always on your side, especially in a fight game. How, are you, where are you training at now? I'm training at uh, Long Island MMA, and then we have 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu. It's in Smithtown. Is it rough now? I mean, you have to do some like undercover ninja training. Is, or is it like, yeah. it sucks, man. I yeah. got to reach out to, um, LaFleur, because, yeah. uh, you know, because I want to see how he's doing, man, because I know he's got a school kind of near mine, and, you know, they're not letting us really do our thing. They're not letting us train without masks on inside, and it's really ridiculous, man. It is. It is. I'll be honest. You know, now it's starting to get a little bit better with, you know, uh, more training partners willing to, to meet and kind of have like yeah. secret sessions behind the scenes. But it is hard, you know, because they, they've been out of business, you know, with uh, all these clients and the public for a while now. Yeah. So he's fed up. I know that, you know, he wants to just get back to business. And, uh, you know, for me, it's just like, I have my brother, luckily, who's, you know, he's fought professionally before and I'm able to grab him and do extra sparring rounds with him. And then, you know, I have like four or five guys, solid guys that I can meet up with and get quality training in. Oh, that's good, man. I mean, listen, it's good. It's nice that you're taking advantage of this time. Right. And, you, you know, you definitely got the right attitude as far as, hey, man, you're 34. You want to make the most of it now. You seem healthy. You look good. You don't look beat up. How's the body yeah. holding up with all these camps? At 34, let me yeah. ask you, that's not old. That's not old, mind you. Okay. Jimmy often brings up a year after th 35. Jimmy often brings up, I did something nice with Frank Trigg. It worked out well. Um, not for him, it didn't. Not <laughs> Jimmy. <laughs> Jimmy, stop. Come but, on. you know, you're, so you're 34 years young, but I did have to alter the training. I did. I used to just be so physical and 
And, and next thing you know, I blew my blank my, my back out. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, do you find yourself changing, tailoring your training at all or no, it's just the same. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Well, you said like, I feel like I train smarter now, but I used to train so much harder and sometimes it's a hard, uh, it's hard to grasp like psychologically. Cause you start to question yourself. Like, am I not training hard enough? Like I'm at the highest level of the game and I'm training a little bit less intense. I feel than I used to, but you, you want to make it to the fight as fresh as possible. So you going in there feeling the best you can, you know, so I, I have a good gauge on that. I, I feel like I do a good job at, you know, going hard two days, going light one day, trying to balance it out as best as I can. So I feel good, though, to be honest with you. I think like I'm peaking later in life than most people. I just feel like I'm a late bloomer. Like, I feel like I didn't start to find myself as a fighter until later in my career. So uh, I, I think I feel good at this age. You know, it's it's just a number, really. You just got to go off how you feel and be honest with yourself. Well, I mean, look what Masvidal has been doing at 35 and 34 and, and what Cormier did, I mean, you know, from, from 35 to 40. I mean, there's this definitely years left, especially at, at your weight where you're not fighting guys who weigh 200 pounds. Yeah, it's a rarity, you know, but seeing those guys, like I take a lot of motivation from that, you know, someone who can all of a sudden revive their career, you know, go from just like yeah. a regular average fighter into like a superstar. You could see it's possible. So, you know, it, it keeps that dream alive. Anyway, oh, oh, Jimmy, I'm sorry because, you know, yeah. I got ADD and I have to bring this up. Sure, sure. Is it true that you put out, did you put out a little thing of in and out of love with uh, Tyrone Woodley? Is that true? <laughs> did you mess around with that? That lyric, you remember this? I think when I was in an interview, I started singing it or something like towards the end, like just messing around, you know. You remember how it goes? It's like uh, falling in and out of love, in and out of love. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like he needs me to get behind and like harmonize a little bit, you know. I'll tell you right now. Now, do you do anything with the music? Don't you do like a freestyle or you rap a little bit or no? Is that not I, I, so I sometimes write and, and rap a little bit. Like I'll just pick up a beat and just start kind of rapping like some stuff that I had written, you know. But uh, I've made songs before. Like I've went in the studio like low key and like made some music. But it's not like I feel like it's not quality enough to like release a mixtape yet. Like yeah. I have to focus on it and really get better at it. But uh it's something to do for the future, for sure. I, I think I'm pretty, you know, talented with it. I, I, I like to write. It's something to do uh, downtime in between training, you know? Yeah. Well, hey, man, speaking of uh, between training or after training, anything besides training, it, that's what, what's some of your other passions? Is, is it music? Yeah, music, uh, just other sports in general. I love watching hockey. I, I'm a big Islanders fan. I've been watching the playoff hockey lately, which has been amazing, you know, because that was gone for a while. So that's exciting. Um, you know, how are they doing that? Are they doing that without an audience? Yeah, it's in a bubble in Canada and they're just staying in Edmonton and Toronto and they're playing the games like in a bubble with no fans. Yeah. Does it bother you watching it? I don't mind watching stuff like, especially UFC for some reason I'm used to it. Like I like the fans, but I'm okay. Like when when you watch baseball, putting these fucking cutouts, it's like, what are you guys doing? (laughs) People just watch the sport. Really? Dude, it's really? the lamest thing ever. P- fans have to pay to have their cardboard cutouts. It's so stupid. It's so stupid. That's actually hysterical. I think it's hilarious that people actually <laughs> do that. They like they like paid to get their cutout made and like put in the stands. You know? What a yeah, it's crazy. I feel like hockey does a great job because they have like some kind of like fan noise that they're using at the perfect times, and it almost sounds like there's fans, but there's not. Boo! They got a laugh track. Yeah, that's yeah. I hate it too. Boo! What is this? A fucking video game? 
So somebody gets it in and they go, Wah! what are they yeah, all cheer? Yeah, they have like a roar, like a. Oh, I hate well, maybe that. it's okay. Is it bad? But, but the players don't probably hear it. I'm get, do the players hear it, or is it only for the TV production? That's what I'm curious about. I think it's for just the TV, but I wonder if they did it in the stadium. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's awful. One day, Brian, when you're done fighting, you see yourself as a coach or saying, all right, I'm done with this whole cage fighting shit altogether. I'm going to go in the recording booth with Tyrone Woodley. What do you see yourself doing after this business? Uh, you know, that's a good question because I feel like I uh, I have a hard time figuring that out, to be honest. I think that's yeah. the scary, that's the scariest thing in my life is, is the future, you know, especially being a UFC fighter, uh, you know, not knowing what's next and, and how long this will last is uh, on my mind. But at the same time, I'm so focused on the fight because you can't be distracted if you want to perform your best. So it, it's hard for me to know, man. I, right now, I'm not really too sure. I mean, maybe get into some, you know, Ally Quinta real estate. I know Aljo is doing the same thing. Yeah. seems to be a, a smart move, you know, um, something like that. Or coach, like you said, I don't know if I have the full passion for coaching yet. I have to kind of find that out. But um, definitely train people. I would like to train people who, who want to, you know, become fighters or whatever. I don't know if I want to train like the average, just like kids class or anything like that. Yeah. But specific people who dream to get to where I got, you know. Right. Oh. And also to be coaching, I guess there's a certain like patience or mentality that you need. Like, uh, I, I don't know. I'm not a good teacher. I get very impatient. Like, you know, like, and there's, there's a yeah. real energy to that, that if you have it, you have it. If you don't, you don't. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I telling, haven't done yeah. it. You yeah, haven't done it. Yeah. But you like to work with like future prospects maybe or something like that. Yeah. Maybe get into, I know these managers uh, are driving nicer cars than the fighters. So maybe I could get into <laughs> management uh, business and start taking 10% and scout these young prospects, you know? They yeah, do listen. Elaine, that's what makes it exciting, man. You know, you got a lot of uh, a lot of choices, a lot of options. Yeah, know? it's just like it, it's like I don't, you know, I part of what I love about the sport is the freedom. You know, you you train, you relax, you train again, and you're you're free to adjust your schedule yeah. and do what you want. And that's what I love about this sport. That's why after fighting, I'm like, man, I can't see myself just working a regular job. That's why I'm like, where am I going? You know, it's hard for a lot of people like that, Jimmy and 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 Brian, where uh, especially a fighter, Brian, you're used to that that freedom of all right now it's up to me i'm the one who's gonna pay right. if i don't put my work in so i'm putting yeah. my fucking work in or i'm the one who's gonna get embarrassed in front of the world i'm the one who's gonna feel glory in front of the world and then afterwards i'll celebrate take a little bit of time off then i'll start training you get into a nice cycle of all right now i got to call the fight again so when that totally stops and you're like all right now i gotta punch in it's fucking 8 a.m and I got to listen to this fucking guy or this guy. Someone tell me some shit. I got. I'm not even give a fuck about the memos and whatever else. That's a rough transition. You know what sure. I'm saying? Because the payoff yeah. isn't as good too. Like at least in a fight, there is a definitive winner or loser. Like you know exactly where your work, what your work has done for you. Not the same in an office. No, yeah, and just you know the financial future, like the financial security for the future is not really there. You kind of have to build it on your own and be smart with investments. Uh, so you know. That's the scary part of it. But I think uh, one thing I would be interested to do is like be an analyst, maybe like uh, like a commentator or like, so, like you know, analyst for ESPN, like call the fights or talk about break down the fights and stuff like that. That would be cool because I'm really only passionate about like this sport and, and fighting for the last 13, 14 years. So I'd like to kind of stick with it and stay within the game. 
Nice, man. Yeah. And how do you feel about fighting a guy who's making his uh, UFC debut, too? That's always interesting to me to watch a guy who's uh, been around for a while fight someone making their debut. Because, again, you know, that can go really well for somebody or really poorly depending on how they, they approach it. And uh, how do you feel fighting a guy who's making his debut? Yeah, you know, uh, I try not to overthink these little things because you can spiral all over the place. Right. Like, oh, it's his debut. He's fired up. Or, oh, it's his debut. He has less experience than me. Like, you know, all of these things are like somewhat factors, but I just go in and I try to be happy, you know, have fun with it and fight my best. And, and whatever happens, happens. You know, this guy's coming in to make his dreams come true. I'm trying to keep my job and keep this career going and longevity and stuff like that. So for me, it's just uh, focus on myself and go out there and execute. And, and that's it. Keep it simple. And does it make you feel good that like most things, because I talk about this a lot, like when a guy who's been around for a while fights a guy with not as much experience, like, do you feel good? Like most things a guy can do, you've seen before, like, you know, um, different levels of them, but very rarely you're going to see something that you've never experienced by this point in your career. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, I faced all different styles. I've had over 30 pro fights, you know, so I've seen it all pretty much, you know, guys with power, guys with speed, guys that are dynamic, guys that are more basic. So, you know, for me, it's improvisation is one of my uh, better skills. You know, I feel like to be able to improvise in the fight and kind of feel things and, and, and know what's happening as it goes, that, uh, that uh, is definitely something that I, I focus on. Um, but yeah, um, you know, newcomers always uh, dangerous. They want to take your head off and, 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 and uh, get that contract and, and stay in the UFC. But uh, I think it's even harder to stay in the UFC, you know, so that's what I'm trying to do. Yeah, it really is. I mean, uh, because again, you're fighting guys on your level or, or, or above it every time. Like you're always fighting good fighters. Not that there's any bad fighters in the other leagues, but you know what I mean? Like UFC, it's just a different level, I think, of, of competition. Yeah, for sure. But the game is always evolving. You know, uh, I feel like everybody's tough. Everybody's, you know, pretty, pretty uh, hard to fight in this in this business. So it doesn't matter whether it's, you know, the 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 last ranked guy or someone in the top 15, like everyone's going to be a tough fight. Anyone could could hurt you or put you out. So you got to be ready. That's very true. And the fact that you were getting ready for Ricky Simone, yeah, ready for like a berserker. So you're ready. (laughs) You know what I mean? So you were, you know, I know you're prepared for whoever they throw at you. Yeah. I mean, Simone's a tough fight, man. That guy brings a hard pace and like, he's, he's very well-rounded, you know, he likes to scrap and uh, I like that too. So I was excited about that. But for me, like you said, I mean, I could have, been like, oh man, new opponent, this and that, different style. I don't know if I should take the fight. Like that stuff crosses your mind. And then in the end, I'm just like, I'm a fighter. I, I put the work in. I prepared to fight Ricky Simone September 5th. So let's go fight this guy. You know, if you don't believe you can beat anybody, then like, what are you doing? Jimmy, it reminds me of that scene. And I'm sure you've seen this from Eminem's movie. What was that again? Eight Mile. Eight Mile. Yeah. And this is not the beginning when he was green. You know, throwing up and getting sick, freezing. It's not when he. It's not when he froze. It's at the end of the movie, right? When he gave zero fucks, Brian, and he's in there, and his buddy who got rocket, who got shot. His brother knows his buddy's name. His buddy comes in there, and he's in the bathroom. He goes, "Hey, yeah, rabbit." He goes, "Hey, you got a little fucking shorty." I don't know the guy's name, but he goes, "You got a fucking little uh, shoddy." And the guy goes, "I don't give a fuck who it is." That's what he says, Eminem. So then his buddy looks at him like, oh, okay. And he leaves and he shuts the door because he was in the zone, Brian. He didn't give a fuck who it is. Give me anybody. That's what I'm saying. Overthinking paralyzes you, man. And I've been a victim of that. So now uh, I've learned to just kind of focus and just kind of keep it simple and just say, fuck it, you know, and go in there and do what I do and, uh, and execute. 
Fuck yeah. Yeah. I, All right, buddy. Well, listen, we, we love watching you. And uh, this guy's 9-0, and too. Kevin is 9-1. and uh, Sorry, he's 9-1. and one. So, I mean, he's a good fighter, um, but just definitely less experience than you have. Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, experience is something that shows, you know, in there sometimes. Yep. Uh, it's not a... Uh, uh, it's not something that really you can you can tell like from the outside, but in there feeling it, you know, being in there with with high level guys, you can feel it. So I'm excited, man. Either way, uh, he's a threat to my uh, my dream, you know, and my job. So uh, I'm gonna go in there and get the job done. All right. Well, look, good talking to you, man. It's good talking to you, and uh, we always like watching you. And and good luck on uh, on Saturday. And look forward to you and Simone too. I hope they reschedule that. I'm sure they will. I mean, uh, it's one of those things. Like uh, the OSP is fighting uh, Menfield. And they had been yeah. uh, postponed yeah. recently. So these things tend to get rescheduled pretty quickly. Yeah, Brian's going to stay busy, so it's good. Yeah. Yeah, baby. I'm trying to avoid that Fight Island thing. I'm hoping they, they, they reschedule it for, like, maybe if they come back here in December. I don't know. Can I tell you, though, Brian, as a guy that's been there twice just recently, like, it's not bad at all. They fly no. out there nice. You get the yeah. late. I'm telling you right now, it's something to be said for after a 15-hour flight. When you get there, you're like, oh, I, could, I can go a little longer. It's you're fine. Yeah. You're comfortable. Yeah. I'm telling you. I'm telling you right now. I, Jimmy, am I lying? When you when you go- I, I, you were very pleased with your. I'll say Matt was very pleased with the accommodations and the. And I was there with all the fighters, man. They're all laid. They're chilling, man. I'm yeah, yeah. You. I saw it's, the videos. It looked cool with the first class type of layout for all the guys. That was awesome. It's good, man. First, even business class. It's all. I mean, little yeah. cubicles. You go all the way back. You get your little popcorn. It's fun. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Brian. Saturday night, man. I can't wait. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Good talking to you, buddy. Take care. Take, take care, Brian. All right. Have a good one. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. There he is, the legend, Alistair Overeem. I'm sorry. How's it going, sir? Is it, is it early where you're at? Because <laughs> uh, I'm loud. Not too early, 10.30, 10.35, not too crazy early. But I was just doing other interviews. And listen, after all this time fighting, I know it's part of the game. And not everybody's as lovely as me and my little bird, Jimmy. But do you get sick of all these this, this media day shit? No, it's all right. It's all right. I'm not too so bothered about it. Back. What yeah. is it with the Dutch? That you're so laid back. <clears throat> I think it's a combination, half Dutch, half Jamaican, right? That's half probably it. Right. That's it. Half Dutch, half yeah. Jamaican, a hundred percent chill. Unless you're the king. Chill. Hundred twenty percent chill. Yes. And uh, you're fighting uh, Sakai. An interesting matchup. Uh, by the way, as far as I'm concerned, you're on a three-fight win streak. Uh, 
uh, you know, I, I really, that, that Rosen strike, uh, I, I thought was very unfair. And I know you got to let those things go, but I, I, I still. You mean firefight win streak? Oh, you know what? I'm only looking at the last three. I'm, I appreciate That's your right. correcting me. <laughs> let me see yeah, here. You, Jimmy. I, I, they only give us the last three. So. I know. But Jimmy, you've been very adamant about not being happy about that loss to uh, Rosenstrike because you felt that he got a, a raw deal. But we're not bringing up negative stuff. Yeah. I'm just saying my little Jimmy, he brings it up every time they mention you. He goes, ah, he got screwed. Not yeah. like that, but he, he was upset about it. I think the whole world knows that, right? Yeah. yeah. As in True. life, you can't always get what you want. Yeah. And you don't harp on those things, but it's, it's got to be good to know that you fought so well and, you, and you, fought, you fought a very dominant fight against a guy who people were looking at as this knockout artist and uh, you, you fought really well. Um, now, has Sakai gone five rounds before? Has he had a five-round fight? Uh, I don't think so. So obviously you don't want to give away any game plan, but I mean, you're, you're an expert in reading what somebody else does. I mean, no, nobody does that better than you just wearing on a guy and pressing him up against the cage and driving your giant knees into him. So, you, I mean, you probably know that after a couple of rounds, he's going to be pretty goddamn tired of that. Uh, I think everybody was right. <laughs> I, I feel like when I hear his camp talking, they're saying that he's, that you're, you're going to be relying heavily, like Jimmy said, heavily on the grappling like you've done lately because you don't want to deal with Sakai strikes. That's what they, So I feel, Alistair, okay, as an old school guy, I feel they're just trying to make you – they're just trying to be like the call-out chicken. Like, oh, I right. dare you. He's got to do this because yeah. he can't do this. But we're too smart for that. You're not some 28-year-old punk. You're 40 years old. You've been around hundreds of fights. I mean, come on, man. You're not going to be like, you know what? I'm going to take your dare. <clears throat> it's all about winning the fight and preferably finishing the fight. Yes. So you're going to look at where's your best chances, where's your best options. But listen, we're ready. We're happy. We're motivated. Uh, it's all looking good, right? We're in a great shape, phenomenal shape. So I can't wait to get it on Saturday. It's going to be a good fight. It's going to be action-packed fight. Um, like I said, he's, he's, you know, he's young. He's up and coming. He wants to fight. And we're going to give him just that. He's 15 and one. I mean, he is, and plus I think one, uh, one draw. I mean, he's a good fighter and uh, he's very powerful. He has good leg kicks. Uh, but I just think that, uh, you know, you know, you, you seem to spot what a guy is good at and what a guy is not as good at. And you seem to be really, I, I don't know if I know anybody in the division better than you at exploiting what somebody is not particularly great at. You know, I, I think you're the best at picking out the weaknesses. Yeah, we're going to, we're going to mess them up. With all yeah. due respect. And it's got to be a, like a relief, you know, a, going back to having a fight like this, dangerous guy, you know, they're all dangerous guys. But then you just, you have to come off fighting Walt Harris. And I really, I, I really felt for you in that fight because yeah. the guy's been through hell. And, and you know, as a father, now you got to fight him. And, and everybody's got to be professional. You're helping him. You're giving him a paycheck. But at the same time, there's still got to be a little bit. It, you handled it. The best way possible, like a total gentleman, I have to tell you. But I did not envy your position there. Oh, well, I, I just tried to approach it as a sport, right? It's a sport. We all want to be here. We all want to participate. We all want to do it. Of course, there's going to be backstory. There's going to be, uh, you know, all stuff going, a lot of stuff going on in, in the case of Walt. But then again, I, I tried to see the positive in, in the sport aspect. Like, in, in a way, like, that's a great way to look at it, too. Like, if you guys were playing baseball and he was pitching, you'd still try to hit a home run. Like, you can't not do what you're doing in a sport because of other circumstances. Correct. 
And do you think that too, like, uh, again, with a guy like Sakai, and, and, and again, he's, he's an experienced fighter. I mean, you know, 16, 17 fights. But do you think the pressure of a main event, uh, does that wear differently on guys? Um, and, and the media obligations and the things that you have to do that you don't have to do when you're fighting. Well, I mean, it is, it is five rounds, right? So uh, it is different. I don't know media obligations. I, I don't know too much about Sakai, but I just know that I am prepared. And my focus was on me, right? Camp, training, everything is perfect. I'm looking forward to Saturday. And uh, to me, that was that's most important. And how has, uh, has training at all been affected by, because again, you've already fought with no crowd and with this whole situation. Has it been affected at all for you? Are you inconvenienced by this at all? Or are you kind of used no, to it? No, I kind of like it. It's a little bit different, right? But I'm, uh, you know, new impulses motivate me. So I kind of like the no audience. Um, it's probably going to be a couple more times uh yeah yeah so you're okay with it you're used to it yeah i guess, I guess so a lot of guys say it's like fighting in the in the uh in the uh in the gym but i'm always interested as to how a guy handles his first main event or, or his first major fight you've been there before and how did this fight come about alistair was he the always the original opponent or or, or was there talk of somebody else first or was it always sakai uh it was always sakai they just offered sakai i want to be busy i want to be active so that's that Okay. For the last, what is it, 20 plus years? I don't know. You've been competing. So one day, who knows when? Two, three fights, four, one, who knows? Whatever you've done, it's going to be around the six month mark, and you're not going to have another fight coming up. And, you're, and, and then it's going to be another couple of months. There's no phone ringing for another fight. Is that going to be strange for you, you think? It's going to be a big shift, right? It's going to be a big change. Because I didn't. Um, and it was weird for me and you have way more experience yeah i've been fighting for a long time my first fight was 97 <clears throat> it's a long time ago 23 years so it'll it'll be a shift but um it's an important shift right it's important for athletes what are they going to do after i've actually been occupied with that for a little bit so i have my plans ready uh i'm well prepared nice. and uh when that time comes i'll be looking forward to it but that time is not now not yet. no no that's like glad. That's like gladiator, you know. The guys with the fam, you know, you know, you know, the family's dead. They're waiting for him. Why doesn't he go? And then his buddy goes, but not yet. And then Russell Crowe goes, Ah, you're right. Let's go f people up in the in the Coliseum. Anyway, yep. go ahead. Not yet. Do you when when that time comes, whenever it is, and again, it could be five years from now. Do you still do you plan on sticking around fighting, or do you think you'll be okay with another endeavor? No, I'll probably, I like to teach. I've kind of always teach next to my, uh, <clears throat> next to my own training. Uh, you know, a couple hours a week here, there. Um, seminars, I can do group, I can do privates. Um, I like that. You know, I like being in the gym. I like using my body. I have like a lot of experience, a lot of expertise. So uh, I'll probably create a team or something. Um, yeah, enjoy life, be with my kids more uh, and uh, teach. You know, a couple hours a day, stay active, stay busy. Are you a patient teacher? Sorry, Matt. We were just asking Brian Kelleher about the possibility because there's a real art to teaching. There's a real mentality to walking somebody through it. Are you, are you patient in those moments? Yeah, of course. Of course. Of course. Oh, no. I've been teaching for 20 years. So. Oh, Okay. So you, you, cause I'm, I'm not good. I run out of patience. Like I expect you to, I'm, I'm not good at that stuff. And, and there's a real art form to it, to be, to be, to transitioning from doing something to be able to show. Exactly. Somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Of course. Well, I'm looking forward to the fight. Yeah. You know, I'm watching Jimmy. Yeah. This is uh it's funny that I watched Sakai, a fight he had 
where he fought a guy who was at 215. I want to say he was 263. I forget the guy's name. Mm. And, uh, you know, again, I, I kind of beat him in the second round. But it was interesting watching this guy land shots on him and, and, and use that lighter weight. So I, I think that you're going to have success uh, striking. I think you'll have success wherever you, uh, wherever you want it. Not that it's going to be an easy fight. I don't believe that. But I do think that you'll have success uh, whichever way you decide to go. Yeah. And let me ask you, Alistair, you're very you're articulate. You know how to talk. Most guys are like talking to a plant that fight in the UFC. Do you ever think about doing like analyst work? No, nah, not really. <laughs> it's not for you. <laughs> no. It's not for you with the suit behind the desks. Forget that. No, nah, well, I mean I could I could do that once, but I don't I don't that doesn't make me happy. I just really know what makes me happy. And uh, that's what I gotta pursue, right? What about podcast? Maybe. I've not thought about that. The fight world. I like, I like, I like the podcasts are cool, but I, I yeah. don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. I really like teaching, and, and maybe um, maybe I'll do something else besides that. Yeah, you well, paint or anything I'm, like that, or draw, or like any, any or sing? I or used anything? to draw. Used what to did draw. you draw? Uh, when I was younger, I'd draw everything, cartoons, buildings, good in landscapes, less good in uh, faces, but um, uh, yeah. So you like to, I could never draw hands. Can you draw hands? Mm, not too good. Faces and hands, not too good. Buildings, uh, 3D stuff, perfect. Oh, so that's something you, now is that something you would do casually or something you would actually do more if you had time? I would just do that uh, casually. Okay. It's not this is when I'm younger, right? Yeah. I can picture you, Jimmy, like Jonah Hill from uh, Superbad, just drawing a lot of penises. I, I, I did, unfortunately, yes. I did them on ladies, and it changed my life. All right, look. Um, Let's Alistair, this it's always, <laughs> always good talking to you. And uh, uh, good luck uh, in the. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk to you after this uh, Sakai main event this Saturday. And uh, enjoy the show Saturday, gentlemen. Wait, wait, hold on. We got to do our picks, don't we? Yeah. Where are we? We'll do a couple. There's a the lot show of show over. Are we done? Yeah, yeah so we are. Fun. Jimmy, so much fun. Yeah. The point is, I'm not getting my knees done. Okay. Okay, that's fine. I'm gonna keep pushing it off. I don't care if I walk fucked up. At least I could roll and rip a Kimura. All right, let's get to this. This where is let's do it. Let's do a couple of the fights. Uh, we don't have to do all of them. There's, there's a bunch. Um, what do you say? Uh, let's start. Let's uh, if you're okay with this, uh, Kelleher on uh, a I am going to take, even though. Um, Kevin is nine and one and it's his UFC debut. And a lot of guys come in like that. He's on a five fight win streak, six finishes. Kelleher is a veteran and he has seen everything. I'm going to take Kelleher by decision. Kevin's only lost what? One fight, one fight, <sighs> six, but six, I didn't know six submissions. Yeah. Uh, Brian's got a lot more experience. I'm going to say experience. Brian by decision. Yeah. It, it's uh the experience fact is what's really getting me there. Yep. And then yep. there's, there's experience and then there's UFC experience. There's a difference, you know? All right. Sajara Eubanks against Carol Rosa is uh, next up. Huh. Interesting fight. Um, Rosa is 2-0 in the UFC and she's 10 years younger than Eubanks. Again, not that that means everything, but 10 yeah, years Eubanks is, is tough, a man. lot of years. Uh -huh. Yes, she is. All right, let me see here. I'm I'm gonna go Carol Rosa by decision. That's exactly what I was gonna take, and that's that ten year Rosa by decision. All right, just keep following my lead. So I just, can't help it. Uh, it's all right. Now, it's all now right. let's go. How about this? Right. I'll go first. 
Uh, Oban St. Prue against Alonzo Menafield, which was uh, rescheduled. I think OSP tested positive for COVID, if I'm correct. Let me make sure. I OSP second round submission. That was what I had. God damn it, Matt. That was what I had last time. OSP second round submission. I'm 100% with you. Jimmy, what would I do if you didn't fly into my life, Jimmy? <laughs> You'd probably have a better life. Uh, let's see. Um, okay. And main event. Uh, Overeem versus Sakai. Well, listen, Sakai, you're young, you're hungry, you're tough, you're an up-and-comer. I understand. But I'm an old-school dude. I'm going with Alistair Overeem. All right? And I'm going to say submission, third round. Overeem. I'm taking Alistair as well, but I'm thinking... Submission, third round, I said. Yeah, no, I'm thinking fourth round. Fourth round stoppage. Ooh! Fourth round stoppage. Ooh. Okay, Jimmy. All right, man. So listen, man. So I got to lay off my legs for a couple of days. By the way, Matt, I'm sorry yeah. to interrupt you. Okay. Uh, we should say um, oh. they're looking at uh, Usman Burns for 256 on December 12th is being talked about. Um, so let's just hope that that actually happens. Megan Anderson against uh, Amanda Nunes. Well, that's fucking great. Oh, and they're still talking be- about a BMF rematch with Masvidal and Nate Diaz. As I like it. I like that a I, lot. I do, but again, I'm Leon Edwards. Uh, oh, that guy, that poor Leon Edwards. It's just I want to see Leon Edwards get some, that fight. Get that guy a fight, please. I, I, you know what? He's a quiet guy, but I think. Well, I want Nate to get another payday because I, I, I do know, too. I like that, but I do like the uh, Leon Edwards versus Jorge. I don't know why don't they don't think that's a good fight. They had that street beef. Street beef. Uh, yes, they did. Yes, uh, backstage. About, yeah. You know what I mean? That alone, that alone is a lead up. Use it. Leon probably don't even give a fuck. Go ahead, use it. Use the material. Chan Sung Jung against Brian Ortega, October 17th. That's going to be, that's going to be fun. That they is. Had, they had, they had, there are other guys There was some street beef. He got to his buddy's friend and his, his friend, he like, I don't think he smacked him. So he did, didn't he slap him? I thought he, he slapped smacked. the translator. He might, have, he might have smacked him. And that kid's like a, a YouTube kid or something. Yeah, he's like but, a rapper. Uh, yeah. He's a, he's a what now? I think he's a rapper. I could be wrong. I'm falling in and out of love. Anyway, um, I, I listen, I'm ex- I love it. Jimmy, I love that this fights every weekend. Yeah, oh, I'm by too. the way. I'm going crazy. Lo- I love it too. We mentioned the... Uh, my guy was in the main event last night. That is Bazooka. Yeah, you were saying. Uh, you were saying. Yeah, yeah he uh, lost a very tough decision. Yes. Who did he lose to? But go ahead. I thought you were going to say because I, I thought you liked to participate. Melzik. Yeah, I'm looking for it on my. Thing. Guys, put, put a, there you go. I'm, you knew I was looking for it on my notes. Yeah, I know. And then you like to be a little wise guy. Yeah, it's like to make you. No, work. you get that little shitty and grit on. Like it. Design, you know, you're yeah. going to make me. You're going to get me. Uh, but it's it's plastic. crazy how. But I'll tell you, that kid had a hard. I mean, Dennis had to really weather a lot that first round. He came back in the second round, and it came back the third round, and he came up short. The other kid didn't get in, getting didn't get a contract, but he's also but he's going to be invited back to the uh, to the UFC. Pronounce his name list one more time for me. Yes, so he will be back on the contender series, and. Uh, and I want to see him back because that kid was dangerous. And I and Dennis is only 22 years old, so he'll be back also. You know, we'll see what's up with him. You know, three fighters, William Knight, Ronnie Lawrence, and Jimmy Flick, all earned contracts. Congratulations, guys. They were awesome. I really enjoyed that uh, 
Well, the first of all, I enjoyed all their fights, but uh, Willie Knight had to come back and he finished uh, Cody Br- Brundage. And that was, that was bad because he was in a lot of really bad positions. He was like flattened out had, and then he was getting beat up from uh, like with both hooks in, had both hooks in the guy, uh, Cody had both hooks in on him, but he ended up coming back. And, in, and uh, as Cody tried to get him uh, back uh, down up against the cage, he gave some, as they call them, elbows and, uh. and got his head. And uh, he took one, two, three, four. And it's like, you take one, it's one too many. You can't stick around there. Right. So he was being too persistent with the takedown. He kept his head by his waist and he ate two more. And then next thing you know, he's not getting up. He's on all fours. And that was the fight he was winning. So it, it, that was kind of upsetting for that kid, for that kid, Cody. But, uh, but big props for William Knight. And know it's funny. He's like 5'10 for like a heavyweight. So he's like, ah, I'm the same height as, uh, as um, what do you call it? Oh, light heavyweight, I should say. Uh, he's like, I'm the same weight as, uh, I'm the same height as DC. You know what I mean? He's like built like DC. So I don't know. That's fine. But, uh, and also the heavy underdog, uh, the bantamweight, Robbie, uh, Ronnie Lawrence, he punched, kicked and grappled his way to the, uh, his UFC, uh, contract. And he got the upset, upset unanimous decision. So he got that over Jose Johnson. So that was awesome. And who, oh, and Jimmy Flick, let me tell you something. I really liked uh, Jimmy's jujitsu was just insane, man. He was throwing, he was throwing the, uh, like sh- just like a machine gun one after the other, bing, 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 throwing subs at him, and then uh, he eventually got him, you know. And uh, it was uh, it was beautiful, man. Beautiful uh, head and arm choke, you know. Yeah. So against uh, or they call, they also call it arm triangle versus uh, Nate Smith, who was very. You know, um, doing very well with his escapes from a, a ton of different submissions. But after a while, I'll tell you that Jimmy Flick, man, he was fun. He was fun. He and he dealt with some hard times. There's some some hard times at home with some with his family members and whatnot, and who, you know who's recovering from what. And I, it's nice to see somebody, uh, you know, fight their way into the UFC like that and yeah, better for himself. It's really sure, nice. sure, it's really nice. You know, I love the way they do it on the Dana White contender series where they, um, you know, they really give you the, uh, like the backstory. Yeah. And make sure you're going in there invested a little. Yeah. Because you don't you know? have a whole fight history with the guys. So you at least getting to know who they are a little bit and, and getting to know something about, yeah, it, it does invest you a little bit. You're it's absolutely true. right. You know, otherwise you just watching just a couple of guys in there do whatever, you know, but, uh, Jimmy, let's do a proper plug maybe for this weekend. No. And then, Yes. And then I'm gonna. Then I will definitely Facetime you before I see you next week. And we definitely wanted. We wanted to plug. What Matt wanted me to plug was the chipchipperson.com for merchandise or Patreon for Chip. I mean, Matt's a big Chip fan. He won't admit it. Uh, when are you gonna come on the podcast? Hopefully soon. I don't think this, this is the problem with me coming on the Chip Chipperson podcast. Okay. I don't think I will get. Me and you have such a special relationship. Sure. Close and friends. I don't think that I'd have a good relationship with him. I think I get. I think you would. I think I get annoyed with him. No, nah, you'd be okay. I want to annoy his fucking face. <laughs> Any fucking stupid face. I'm sorry, Jimmy. I love you though. I love <laughs> your. I love. How can I love your face and want to just like punch his face? Just don't do that, Jimmy. <laughs> but listen to me. You're the best, and I wish you the best. And, and they, they want that merchandise. They go to chipchipson.com. Yeah, yeah. There's all these uh, shirts and mugs and all. It's it's uh, it's, it's silly. Yeah, but one day I'm gonna get on Twitch. 
I want you to get on there. Isn't I think you should sell shirts. Isn't it kind of cooler though, Jimmy, that I, I know I should sell shirts. Isn't it cool that I just, I play for the love of the game. I don't need money to be It's honest. awesome. You know, at least I'm a real gamer, man. But the money stops your wife from being able to yell at you. I'm working. I 100% agree with that, Jimmy. There you go. Jimmy, love you so much. I will talk right, to pal. you soon. The fights are this weekend yes. on, e- on, on ESPN+. Plus. I believe so, yeah. Is that correct? Let's I, make we sure. We should know that. Give us the information. Let's yeah, see I know what it is. I Plus. signed out of my shit. All right, buddy. No, wait, where is it? It's on ESPN+. Plus. Oh, I'm sorry. It's yeah. on ESPN+. Plus. All right, later, Jimmy. Goodbye, Bye, Unfiltered Army. Bye, guys. Stop cringing. I'm yawning. Oh, sorry. <laughs>